Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. How many times am I going to have to ask to see good football on these Mondays, man? I just want to see fun football again, and they won't let me do it. It can't happen. I got to watch the college landscape. I got to watch your boys, Wes. I got to watch San Francisco if I want to see fun football because it's not happening here in the Queen City. It's Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We want to hear from you. You can vent with us, as always, what is becoming a common theme here. It's like Groundhog Day, the movie where it's just, you know, put your little hand in mine. Click. Put your little hand in mine. Click. I can't wait to not hear that song, or if I do, that it actually changes without me having to press the snooze button. I'm tired of being Bill Murray, Wes. You're totally right for bringing that up. 704-570-9610. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear your comments. All of that stuff. You can tell us how you're feeling. We'll get to all of this. Let's just do it right now, shall we? You want to hit the ground running? I certainly do. I love to run. Yeah, well, I don't. So you're right. Maybe (laughs) maybe you get out, you run, and then I'll watch you run and just scream hot takes at you while you run. Is that okay? All right. Troppy, bus driver, once more before Fitty comes back to us. Tomorrow, we do have the alternate bus driver playing like a starter, though. Go ahead and open up the door, Shroppy. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel it. Wes, this one was over pretty quickly. Detroit gets out to a 14-0 lead after the first quarter. I referenced it this way a couple of times. Defensively where you thought the Panthers could maybe provide a little resistance, didn't even come close to doing that in the first possession for Detroit. Big play, first down. Big play, touchdown. Game over, it felt like. Even the next possession. Detroit, I remember them referencing that the Lions had X amount of plays. It was like nine. But the broadcast crew, Myers and everybody, was saying they were pretty efficient with those nine plays that they had run so far. And it led to 14 points right out of the gate. Carolina got a little something going offensively. Probably their best drive of the season, Wes, but not many people are going to be discussing it with all of the other problems surrounding this franchise. But they did put together another good drive in the second quarter. They gave up 28 points, though, and then 14 in the fourth quarter. They lose 42 to 24 your overarching thoughts on what you saw yesterday from what is a struggling, very much so struggling Carolina Panthers team. Uh, I think it just looks like a team like most teams that have a number one pick at quarterback. There are going to be plenty of ups and downs now. I'm sure a lot of Carolina fans would say that it's not been a lot of ups for them, but this is typically what you get. They showed the stat during the game, which I had brought up uh, earlier in the week last week about the Hall of Fame quarterbacks and some of the great quarterbacks and the horrible starts that they had statistically and team-wise. So to me, this just looks like a team with a rookie quarterback that is coming along a little bit slower than some of his other counterparts, and they just 
looking disarray, and they're just going to have to assess and figure it out and try to build around him going forward. But this season is lost. Yeah, I want to know if people are still furious or if they're apathetic now. And maybe apathetic is too strong because it's going to be hard to drop a team. I'm not saying that you're not a fan anymore. But are you just accepting a big old defeat every single week at this point and not being as emotionally charged? Is that where you are in your Panthers fandom? That's what I want to know about. 704-570-9610. I don't want to reference this a million times because we did talk about it a lot last week. It's why I came in with the question, are we at rock bottom? Because once you lose to Minnesota, we knew there was a shot. You are going against an 0-3 team at home. The defense gives you a touchdown out of the gate. You actually have a nice start. And still, the offense only is able to put up six points. And that was one where we came in with hope. Mac and Bone, that is a morning show that is going to provide all the hope you want to in the world, Wes. We know how Mac and Bone are. They are a staple with Panthers hope. And even them, even those guys were saying, yeah, this one is a lock with Detroit coming in and winning. And it was proven in the first quarter. Yeah. Done. Anybody, even the most optimistic of Panthers fans coming into this game against Detroit, it got destroyed immediately. And this is why I want to know how fans are feeling right now. Because Carolina is in a very dangerous position. When we go to apathy, we often talk about indifference really being the opposite of love. It's not hate because that means there's still some emotion there. I'm going to get philosophical on you. It's indifferent. And I just don't know if people are indifferent about the outcome of the game. Because guess who's up next, Wes? It's Miami. The Dolphins. The fastest offense on turf. It doesn't matter who you're talking about as well. Devon Achan, yeah, he'll be the fastest ball carrier this week. Tyreek Hill, he'll be the fastest ball carrier the next week. And that's going against our defense, which we actually had some pride in the last few weeks until you ran into the buzzsaw that is Detroit. It's rough. For me, I was asking Colin about this too. He said that I just accept kind of what's coming every single week now. And I care about Bryce Young. This is the thing that I care about now. I care about Bryce. I care that he improves every single week. And I hope that we can get a better product at the end of the season with our number one overall pick than what we're seeing at this current juncture. Yeah, that's where it goes with the rebuild. And as I said, I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan. No hiding that. And the days have not always been like what it looked like last night. And when they had those lean times, you looked at the young guys and you just said, hey, I want to see are these guys improving, especially if you have a quarterback. That's your main focus for the rest of the season. You have to put out of the window any... Uh, illusions of grandeur as far as putting together a winning season or getting to the playoffs, winning the NFC South, all that goes out the window. Now you just have to go to a fan that's a fan of the process. How does Bryce look each week? How's Mingo looking? How are some of the young guys playing? Then you get your draft book out, uh, you know, as that time approaches and you get excited about what could be. And so you got some funny stuff on the guest line. Uber Steve said he found himself heading to a pumpkin patch by 2 p.m. Oh, Don't want to waste weather. any more time this season on the Panthers. Then Spence says, Wes, just imagine if we stayed at the ninth pick, kept Steve Wilkes, signed Dalton, signed Thielen, and kept DJ Moore and Deontay Foreman. Oh, and kept our 2024 first rounder. We'd lead the division. I don't know if I would go that strong with it, but there's reason to believe that this team, had they stood pat, Kept Wilkes or whatever the case may be, or even just stood pat with the draft, I think there would be more optimism uh, as far as what they could have done. But 
if you would have stayed in the selection you were at, I don't think you'd get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Yeah, you probably could have signed Andy Dalton to be your starter and been a decent team, but that's kind of one of those gray area teams to where uh, there's still a lot of just gray area as far as what you're going to be able to do, but also you would have been fortuitous because of this NFL draft quarterback class that's coming, but also nobody saw this coming either. Let's go to the text line. You were reading a few of them there. 704-570-9610. King of the Marlowe Militia. He texted in and said, it hurts so bad that it's starting not to hurt anymore. feel like that's a great way to describe it for a lot of Panthers fans. <laughs> Just doesn't hurt anymore. It hurts so bad. It's getting, we're getting numb to the pain. 980 said, <laughs> I'll spend my Sundays outside in this beautiful weather hey. with my son and not watching the sorry Panthers. It's basically what Uber Steve said. Yes, yeah. it is. Going but to the pumpkin still, patch. Man, it's like, man, they just said they're not even going to watch. That's that's one of those things where when I wake up on Sundays and Saturdays, I just wonder to myself, who's not watching football today? I think about that uh, all the time. <laughs> Get up and have other ideas of things. I did go see a movie yesterday that leaked a little bit into the 1 o'clock hour, but other than that, there's no thought on my mind to just dismiss Sunday football altogether. The weather helps. People are ready for fall weather. Like, it's still, yeah. it's hot enough to where you can feel comfortable not having to bundle up, bundle up, but now you get to wear the long sleeves and feel comfortable. That fall weather with the Panthers putting in an awful performance, especially in the first half, that will lead you getting outside. You know, we're, we're going to make sure you get some exercise, damn it. Okay? <laughs> and you're going to go out there to the pumpkin patch so you don't have to watch this Panther there's offense anymore has a ginger wife also wrote in i never in a million years thought i would see this franchise become what it is no direction no players no hope now we don't even get the first overall pick we're gonna miss out on drake may or caleb williams oh man and this is all me insane when i said that a couple weeks ago when i started delving into that territory well well and that was no you're good and and there's just no shot at it and this is all for a five foot ten 190 pound qb this is too much to bear as a sports fan. Yeah, and of course now, Bryce, there's a lot of criticism for him right now, even if certainly the surrounding areas aren't helping him out. Bryce did have a couple of interceptions yesterday. The second half, it looked better for Bryce. At the same time, the game was already over. And so now this is the problem, right? We can't even do a ton with the good that Bryce shows us because it didn't happen in as much of a competitive state. Felt like it was empty calories. A little bit. I'm glad that he did it. And I'm going to be speaking a little bit out of both sides of, out of my mouth, and I don't want to. I'm glad that he was better in the second half. I'm glad that he was able to dink and dunk, throw it a little bit downfield here and there. But it was in the second half when Detroit already had that monster lead. I, Detroit is just, I don't know if they're playing prevent, but they can't be playing with the same sense of urgency that they were in the first half when we saw a couple of interceptions. And this is the problem, too, man. The, the saving grace, I, I think more people are they're going after Frank Reich. They want him to give up play calling. We're going to go over some of the scenarios as to how this thing changes in the second half of the season because there are options. I'm not saying that there are plenty of options that will fix this. There are plenty of options to see if this is fixed, though, and we'll go over those in the second half. But one that a lot of people want to roll with here, Wes, is firing Scott Fitterer. I don't know if that does anything this year because it's more of an off-season position that you're firing. Right. You're firing the guy that is in charge of the draft. You're firing the guy in charge of personnel free agent acquisitions. That's not coaching decisions. That's not what you can do as far as what's on the field right now. But if Scott Fitterer is fired, is that going to be something that is enough for people? Because you'll be happy that one head is rolling 
but then the product doesn't change. And then are we going to want more, especially if you fire him in the middle of the season? There's not too many things that you can do right now, except hope that Bryce continues to get better and this team starts to gel a little bit more in the second half. Yeah, and even if you, or when you bring in another general manager, it's still going to be putting them behind the eight ball because of the lack of a first-round pick. And so you think about teams, though, and I think Panthers fans thought, and they fell into the mind state that a lot of NFL fans do where they think that, okay, my team did what they did last year, now they're going to build on it. And you just simply don't know. Look at the Giants. Look at the Vikings as far as the years that they had last year. Two teams that played each other. Minnesota won 13 games. I think the Giants won 10, if I'm not mistaken. Both of those teams have gone completely backwards. And I think that's what you see here. You want something sustainable. Yeah, it's like the Panthers, they came out. They went 7-10 and uh, 10 last year. And a lot of people thought, okay, they're just going to build completely on that because that was what was sold. That was the messaging. Tepper was like, oh, we're just a quarterback away. But you didn't factor in a lot of things in NFL games that make teams digress and go back. That's what happened. Had to give up some assets. And so now you get the product that you get right now. A lot of people saying they went to the Roval yesterday, including the salesman, the, <laughs> the all-famous salesman. If that guy ain't going to Bank of America to watch you, that's what I told you. You're in a dangerous position losing <laughs> fans like this. Yeah. With everybody saying they want to go outside and enjoy the weather, do anything. That was a common take on Twitter yeah. from pundits. Julian Council of Locked On Panthers saying, go do anything else. Not of the scribe, friend of the show, not Edwards on Twitter. Or, excuse me, not of the scribe on Twitter, not Edwards, friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Go do anything else. People are saying, hey, don't you don't have to subject yourself to this. And that's how bad the offense is. It's unfortunate, man. I'm a Panther fan. I want to see him do well. I want to see fun football. Yeah. We're just not getting anything fun right now. Especially with what you ask fans to pay coming to the game. The cost to take a family and all of that to go see a bad product. I mean, I don't blame people for going outside either. I mean, I would probably still check my team out just to see, especially the rookie quarterback factor. They had a veteran. They're not bad. Eh, whatever. But mm-hmm. Bryce gives you a little bit of a reason to watch because yeah. you want to see his development. It's all about Bryce. That's yeah. what it is right now. Let's go to some realistic scenarios for the Carolina Panthers this upcoming second half of the season, maybe even beyond. Could they be firing Frank Reich after one year? Could Frank Reich be giving up play calling by week seven? Could there be a QB change? We have a few scenarios as written down by Joe Person of The Athletic. I'm going to go with the likelihood of all of those. Don't go anywhere. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Keep pounding, you know, keep pounding. You get to this position and no one envisioned this. Uh, no one envisioned this. And so you have to, you know, this is the embodiment of keep pounding. And 
the only way you do that is if you believe you know if you believe it's going to make a difference otherwise you just check out and so that's the that's the essence of keep pounding it's a mental toughness that even when things aren't going your way you go back in and you you know we go back in to try to have our best week of work ever this week because i think it will you know i think it will make a difference in me i think it makes a difference in everybody who who does that and i believe we'll have our i believe our players will do that you buying in is that corny or are you buying in you ready to run through a brick wall <laughs> i think a lot of fans are upset because i think sometimes fans want coaches to exhibit the passion and the anger that they have and i think when he keeps coming out with these calm messages and just telling everybody basically to just keep pounding like he said i don't know that that's the messaging that fans want at this moment they, they don't care. Uh, look, and understandably so, the messaging isn't going to hit home for anything. It's all about what you do on the football field. That's how it is. I think if he had a good rant and got angry, fans would get a little bit behind that. Mm, no, like, I'm because, sick of this. because they'd say the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> they'd say it's your fault, right? I mean, what, what are you ranting for? Are you angry at yourself? You're looking at a mirror? Yeah. What are you, Robert De Niro? Like, yeah. you ain't yelling at me. Yeah. It's your fault that this is happening. And so this is why I think it doesn't really matter what he says. I get it. Like, I don't, here's what I'll say about Frank Reich. He does sound better at the podium than Matt rule. It's a low bar. Yeah. At least there is some accountability when he's asked about Brian Burns. He says, Hey man, that guy's a winner. I feel terrible for him. He's been here for a long time. That dude is doing all of the right things. He's checking off all the boxes that you would want. And he's saying stuff like that. He's not throwing anybody under the bus. He's taking accountability. It's what we want. We also just want something competitive, more so than getting destroyed like he did against the Lions. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Let's read some of these text messages before we move on into Panthers' realistic scenarios. Some hope that could uh, come via change in the second half of this upcom- of this season, as it stands right now, not even the upcoming season. This season. 704 wrote in, I'll continue to suffer through every game, just like always. 980 number said, Please cut Miles Sanders. That'll make me feel better. LOL. Yeah, people are not happy with him right now. As we talk about Scott Fitterer and look at some of the additions that have actually helped this team, we went defensively last week and said defensively, for the most part, it's actually been pretty good. Detroit was a bad performance, but you feel good about the moves they made. Offensively, the offensive line last year going into 2022, that was Fitterer's cushion. That was his saving grace. Hey, he fixed the offensive line with the help of Matt Rule, I guess, who had 51% roster control. But that was the cushion there. And this year, when you are the guy that decides to trade Christian McCaffrey for all the picks, and then you decide to pay Miles Sanders what you did, and Miles doesn't look any better than Deontay Foreman, who isn't playing with Chicago right now. He doesn't look any better than Chuba Hubbard, who isn't playing as much as what people want right now. Yeah, Miles Sanders has been a real big disappointment, Wes. And I know you feel the same after we questioned that signing when we saw it earlier in like March or April. Yeah, I mean, because this is a guy that came in. He talked a big game when he got here. And then you expected him to bring a little bit of that pedigree over from Philly, a little bit of that winning mentality. You thought that perhaps he was going to be able to spark the running game. And just off the stats alone with them having 1,200 yards. And I know a lot of people wanted to say, well, you know, this was – the Philadelphia offense and Jalen Hurts and read option and all of that jazz. But at the end of the day, you still have to go out there and earn those yards. Every running back in the NFL 
was not getting 1,200 yards uh, rushing on the ground. And so far from him, you've got nothing that shows you that this guy's going to be a difference maker because that's essentially what you did. He's the only uh, – he's the most recent pro bowler on this roster when you look at it talking about offensively. And so you would think with him having the season that he had last year that he was going to come in and be a difference maker back. 190 yards rushing uh, through five games now, 3.1 yards per carry. It's just not going to cut it. He hasn't had uh, – he had 72 yards against Atlanta. Since then, he hasn't had over 43 yards rushing. And so fans aren't going to be standing up for that. And he's getting a decent amount of carries where he should be more productive oh, yeah. than what he is now. You know, New Orleans, he got 14 carries. Minnesota, he got 13. But very paltry averages in those games. And so, yeah, the fans aren't feeling it. And a lot of people have been – uh, proven right that this was not a smart offseason acquisition. Wes, if you're not going to be an efficient runner, if you're not going to help in the passing game, and including pass blocking, which his only pass blocking snap that he got was terrible, Chuba Hubbard, what does he do? Once again, pick up blitzes and allows Bryce Young to stay in the pocket a little bit longer. No, it's not a huge sample size. He only had three pass blocking snaps in this game, did Chuba. But this has been a theme. Chuba. Chuba's been the guy. He's been a better running back, just straight up. Yeah. Pretty much in every sense of the game, except for receiving the football, which Miles isn't doing it enough to counter. To make you feel like it really no. makes a difference. No, not at all. Uh, the last couple of texts I want to read here it is about Scott Fitterer. C. Prince writes in, the reason people want Fitty fired, not this Fitty, by the way, Scott Fitterer, Daddy Fitty. The reason people want Daddy Fitty fired is because of his performance, not just this year, but also prior years. Cut the cord. Last uh, Scott Fitterer text I have is Mike from Mooresville saying, guys, if you don't fire Scott Fitterer, then he may do drastic things to try to keep his job, like trade away more draft capital. Yeah, there are reports now that we saw some of the Jordan Schultz thing is what I think came across last week, that the Panthers were interested in trading for a wide receiver. That doesn't seem to be true. That doesn't seem to, if it was true, it doesn't seem to be true anymore. I don't see them giving up significant draft capital or really any draft capital to go get another wide receiver. But it's a Mike, Mike's spirit of his text is saying when you have a guy that is now more interested in saving his job, which I can't fault people for, you want to keep your job, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if Scott Federer wants a winning product because his boss, David Tepper, wants a winning product then you're going to do those sorts of things to try to save your own behind. Like, I get it, and uh, yeah, I, I get the text coming in. So let's figure out a few things that they could do to try to fix what could happen either in the second half of the season or try to salvage some of the hope that you had going into next year, right? Joe Person of The Athletic, you can find him on Twitter, at Joseph Person. I thought broke it down pretty well, giving you the likelihood of each of these scenarios. And let's go with the first one. The first scenario, some people are starting to wonder about, it's Frank Reich being fired. How much does this help the team now? How much does it help the team even next year with the number one overall quarterback that you drafted who's only five games into his career, four starts into his career? What are the chances that Frank Reich is fired midseason or even after West, and would that be the best thing for this team? Uh, I don't think it would be the best thing for the team, and I don't think that this is going to happen. I think they're going to at least give him the season to see what's going on. Uh, we know some coaches have gotten fired after their first year in the past. They just had one in the building with Steve Wilkes when that happened to him in Arizona. 
But uh, I don't think that that's going to be something that the Panthers are going to do because it sends such a horrible message anyway. This organization already kind of we've seen and heard some things online when you look on Twitter or X about different coaches turning down the interviews because they weren't necessarily feeling the Panthers organization, weren't feeling David Tepper. So I think that that really sends a bad, uh, bad optics so to speak, if you fire him after just one season. And I think just logic says, all right, you got to give him at least a second chance to see what he can do. I mean, how bad can it get? Could the Panthers win? Because at this point, I know I had them 6-11 and 11 preseason, but at this point, you really can't see them winning more than two games. And we, we thought you might be too low with six wins. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're talking you, about taking victory laps. Wes, you got one there. Yeah, if I put myself in, a, in the shoes of a Panthers fan, at this point, I don't see them winning more than two games. And so, because you just realistically, like each week, each opponent, you're like, how are they going to do it unless something drastically changes? So in that vein, it's like, all right, you got to give them a second chance because the record's going to be really bad. But at the end of the day, it's not going to happen. I don't think it would be good for this organization, especially PR hit, reputation with head coaches because – uh, it was rumored D'Amico Ryans and uh, Ben Johnson and those guys didn't want to interview with the Panthers. And so, they, you know, a lot of coaches will sit there and say, see, that's why I didn't want to go there. So you got to give them some time. Yeah, like short of short of going winless, one win, maybe two wins, I guess, right? Th- that's a bad enough season to certainly call into question if Reich is going to come back. If, if it's that bad, then Frank Reich might be gone. If If, if you really only win two games or something below that, <laughs> winless, yeah. Now, winless definitely need to come on in the office. <laughs> yeah. One win, yeah. Two wins. Ooh. I mean, this this is how bad it is. We're talking about two. I mean, c- could you get to three? Is that does that seem insurmountable? <laughs> three feels hopeful at this point. It yeah. it really does. And it I really does. It. I mean, what's your cutoff to say? All right, Frank, your job is cool. We we don't have to have a talk. Let's just go into the off season. And see what happens. I, I am with you, though. I mean, it, it it is going to take just a complete bleep show of a performance throughout the first year for Frank Reich to be fired, which it's not like he's not on track for that. I'm not trying to say it's anything other than it. It's just we, we do have still a lot of football left to go. If we still think the likelihood of him being fired this season or even after the season is low, let's move on to the next scenario, which I think has a much likelier, uh, much likelier chance of happening. Frank Wright giving up play calling. Thomas Brown is your offensive coordinator. Comes from the Rams organization, viewed as one of the brighter offensive teams because of Sean McVay and the guys that have come from that tree, even if he is so young. Like a Zach Taylor, who's been to a Super Bowl with Cincinnati. Thomas Brown got head coaching interviews. So, if he's that highly regarded, he comes in as the OC. He did call plays in the second half of preseason games. He hasn't called any of these games. Frank Reich did confirm that afterwards. Some people thought, hey, was Thomas Brown calling some of the plays in this game against the Lions? Frank Reich said that wasn't happening, that it was all him, but it was a collaborative effort coming in to the action like it is every single week. I believe him in that. It feels like this is going to happen at some point this season if the offense continues to look the way it does. See, if I'm him and we know the issues that I said I had with him taking his job in the first place, if he wasn't going to be able to be the primary play caller. But it's like what you said, walking from yeah. the jump. If you say you give him the play call in that game nine or game 10 or something and the offense still looks bad, that, that doesn't reflect well on him. Right. So if I'm Thomas Brown, I'm like, I'll tell him very professionally, like, uh, let's just wait till next year because you're basically giving him stale groceries to cook at this point. You're bringing him 
tomatoes and things like that that have been, you're taking it out of the dumpster, okay? You know what I'm saying? That's basically what you're doing to them. You're giving them stale groceries to cook a meal with. I don't want that. Wait till next season. Give me fresh groceries. Give me a you know, fresh bag. Give me good produce, stuff that you guys just got with some new optimism, new hope. Then let me rock after you've worked on this offensive line a little bit and things of that nature because this is going to have to be an offseason where the Panthers spend Skrilla. And this is where the the rookie contract will help. Yeah, you don't have a first round pick, but you still have a second one that's at the probably going to be at the top of the second round, but then you're also going to have to really get out there and spend money to be able to retool this roster to instill some more hope there. So yeah, if I'm Thomas Brown, I would not want the play calling at any point this year. Let's just wait until next year, hand it over to him. We played the soundbite from Josh Norris of Underdog Fantasy saying Thomas Brown couldn't get the play calling duties soon enough, right? He did tweet after the game yesterday. This is from Josh Norris, quote, Panthers pass protection remains a disaster. Wide receivers move like sloths. Zero, zero creativity or cohesion. And a small QB who can't elevate his surrounding pieces right now. Key words right now. The last sentence of this tweet is, Thomas Brown will have to be the best play caller in the world when he finally gets his chance. Yeah, it hasn't changed for me, Wes. It, it doesn't have anything to do with Thomas Brown's ability as a play caller. If you want to set yourself up for success, if you want to set Thomas Brown up for success, it does not look like this situation. It doesn't look like no. Thomas Brown taking over the reins for Frank Reich and then trying to build his career from that. Because if you hand over the play calling duties right now, or even in week nine, whatever week you want to do before or give it to him before we actually end the season and it doesn't look any better it's probably not going to be because it's Thomas Brown's fault. Yeah. It's going to be because just the offense in its entirety, it just ain't working. Yeah. The offensive line is terrible. Okay. Bryce young, just, he's still learning the wide receivers. If it's not Adam Thielen within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, you're not going to complete a pass. It's just how it is. And so that's why I don't think it's the right time for Thomas Brown. Last thing before we move on QB change. Are you entertaining Andy Dalton starting at all the second no, half of the not season? not at this point. You're 0-5, staring down in barrel, 0-6. Why? For what? What are you trying to accomplish here? Are you thinking you're going to somehow have some type of second half run and get to the playoffs? Absolutely not. This season is all about Bryce Young learning, growing, downloading things to his computer system to take into the offseason. And by computer system, I mean his brain to take into next year, learn from those lessons and get better. That's what the rest of this season is all about at this point. No mm -hmm. need for any type of veteran play unless Bryce Young gets hurt. I mean, if you want to maybe if he's been taking a beating up until the last week, and then you want to say, hey, man, just take the last game or two off because, you know, we, we don't want you to get anything that's going to linger into the offseason or into next year. All right, that's fine. That's cool. But other than that, no, you, you don't change your quarterback. The only reason you would is because it's something Joe Person writes here on The Athletic. If Young were overwhelmed physically or mentally, then Reich would be wise to consider it. But Young is going through some of the same struggles that other number one picks have gone through. A list that includes Peyton Manning, a lot of people making that comparison, and even somebody like Troy Aikman. Yeah, I entertained it a little bit. I've entertained moving on to Andy Dalton if the offensive line was going to yeah, continue. You want to put him in bubble wrap. I just didn't want him to <laughs> be destroyed in the second half of the season to the point where it's not doing anybody any favors anymore. Mm -hmm. I see that road. Like, I, I see that scenario. 
I end up with you, though. If this is all about Bryce Young, <laughs> I mean, it does feel like you are getting better play as much as you got to take the microscope out to see it. Yeah. I didn't even think play calling was the worst thing in the world against Detroit. You had the bad screen pass to Ian Thomas. That was a bad play call. I know you hated that in the preseason. No more screen passes to the tight end. It was a bad play call. Also, Bryce Young, don't throw it. Yeah, that was really bad Woo! by him. I mean, he just blindly turned call. and was just like, okay, he's going to be there when I throw it. Nope, he wasn't. Yo, I'm not telling you that the play call was great. I do think that if you bring Aiden Hutchinson a little bit closer to you, you risk the sack, and then maybe you get the pass off and you got some room to run. But you talk about dirt and something, you have to kill that pass. Uh, the, the best case scenario is Hutchinson gets a hand on it and it gets batted straight to the ground. That's best case scenario. Worst case is what happened. Maybe even a pick six if you want to go real dark. Maybe gets batted up in the air and then ha- gets picked that way. No good outcomes from th- come from throwing that pass. That was one of those I'm not in the SEC anymore type of play. Yeah. Because he underestimated what Hutchinson was able to do on that play. I'll, I see some of the points as to there's nothing good from sending Bryce out there with a bad offense. What's he learning from? Mm. But I'm with you. I still think you play him. You don't make that change. To and you still Dalton. need to know what bad looks like. Yeah. No, like, you're that's right. the thing. This isn't college anymore. He needs to know what bad in the NFL looks like so he can know when he does get new weapons and different guys, man, he knows how to play with guys and he knows what to expect and adjustments that he can make. Right now, he's still learning on the job and he needs to know how to adjust. All right, let's get to Burns getting traded. What kind of scenario does that mean? Fitterer getting fired, maybe an assistant getting fired. We still have a few more scenarios. Plus, how do we view Bryce compared to the other rookies? Real quick, I want to shrop it like it's hot. Go ahead, Shroppy, drop something. So keeping on the rookie quarterback discussion here, uh, Anthony Richardson did suffer a injury in their game this week. It was originally believed that he suffered a grade three sprain to the AC joint in his right shoulder, which is his throwing arm. They are seeking a second opinion, but for right now, they're expecting him to miss week six against the Jags. Yeah, what a tough scenario. I mean, look, it's a different one. He looks good when he's in the games, but the guy... I mean, every single game he's played, he's been out, right? And the hit wasn't even that bad. I was expecting something where he was trying something Superman-esque, trying to run through somebody or do something wild. It was kind of a routine deal, but he's got to learn to slide at some point because that was the one thing I would nitpick about that play. He just takes the hit. Just get out. It's unnecessary. No doubt about it. Let's continue to talk about it on the Wes and Walker Show. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, 
and everything in between. Here on Wesson Walker, you're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Feel free to text in your thoughts, your comments, your concerns on the text line 704-570-9610. Again, the number is 704-570-9610. Shroppy gave us the update here. We talked about it a little bit, Wes. Anthony Richardson expected to miss about a month with an AC joint injury to his throwing shoulder. Mm. And Anthony Richardson, they dodged a couple of long-term bullets in the beginning part, right, at the first couple of games. Because he's been injured in every single game. We got the quote from Trevor Lawrence after game number one. Hey, protect yourself. These NFL dudes, they're a little bit different. Yeah. Even in then NFL JV, if you want to call the SEC that. Still a little bit different. Protect yourself. Then he gets hurt the second week. And then you see Gardner Minshew come in. And then Anthony Richardson is back, but he gets hurt. And now... It's Gardner Minshew time once more, and it looks like it's going to be for another month. Here's my question. I, this is why I want to hear what the listeners think. What situation would you rather be in to the first five games? Would you rather be with Bryce Young, who despite all of the size talk, he's only 5'10", he's not even 200 pounds, he's going to get destroyed. Wes has talked about us knowing the weight of every defensive lineman that falls on Bryce Young. Bryce ain't gotten hurt yet. He did get hurt, I guess, with the ankle. I should say that, yeah. We did have the one game, but even then, maybe could have played. Frank Reich even alluded to him being able to play if it was a serious enough game, right? They Mm -hmm. used that injury as somewhat of a reset. Anthony Richardson looks better than Bryce Young overall when he's in the game. He just does. The situation is better. Shane Steichen is doing a great job with him. The offensive line is protecting on that deep pass that he had in the game before he got hurt yesterday. Connected downfield, pass protection was holding up, but he's gotten hurt every single outing. What situation would you rather be in right now, Wes? The Colts situation or the Panthers fan situation? Oh, man, that's a tough one because, like I said, you love what you've seen out of them, but then, like you said, you have the injury concerns. I don't know, to be fair. <laughs> I, ask, I ask you the tough question before I had to answer it. No, I would still take Bryce Young just because, like I said, I, I believe in what he can do and so I think that this is a guy that maybe he's not the quarterback that can do it without requisite weapons you maybe have to insulate him which is looking like that's going to be the case but I feel like once you get the proper things around him that he can flourish and uh, for all the people out there that want to keep talking about size this and size that Anthony Richardson is is as big and as physical as they come, and he's been way more injury-prone than Bryce Young so far because you can't say that Bryce Young hasn't been taking licks because he has, and he gets up and he keeps coming, and he's still coming out there to trot out to uh, lead this offense. The Bryce Young fans and advocates in the draft are being able to take a victory lap because of the injury thing. People, all the Bryce Young fans saying it didn't matter because we had Cam Newton here, who was the first physical freak at the QB spot. And eventually, Cam Newton broke down. Well, Anthony Richardson is getting hurt constantly at the beginning of his career. So the justification there, if you were so worried about Bryce Young's size because of his injury concerns, 
that goes out the window with what you're seeing from Anthony Richardson, who I believe quite literally, Wes, had the most impressive quarterback combine performance. I was listening to the Dominique Foxworth podcast where their producer was saying, regardless of position, right? You throw that out the window. Anthony Richardson's closest athletic comp was Khalil Mack. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I mean, it's bleeping stupid, man. Yeah. I haven't Khalil Mack as your athletic comparison, but he's hurt. And so this is why it's tough. I'm with you. I, I think the the difference with playing hindsight with Anthony Richardson is we had questions about Anthony Richardson's ability to come in and throw right now. You got to feel good about it compared to what he showed in college. No that's, question. That's the thing with Richardson. With Bryce, when we see what he does well, that's what we were expecting. With Anthony Richardson, it was always about what he was going to do in year three. That he was going to be a project and you were going to see some awful games from him. But you haven't seen awful games. You've had the interceptions, but you've had those with Bryce too. You haven't had them with C.J. Stroud, which that's a different. Everybody would rather have the C.J. Stroud situation with their team right now. It doesn't mean that you have to go back and draft C.J. because he's going to be this way better quarterback than Bryce. But that's the problem with the Richardson stuff is that he's answering some questions that you've never seen this before. We've seen the good stuff from Bryce in college. This is what we expected good Bryce to look like. Anthony Richardson answering some of those uncertain questions right out of the gate. Yeah, and the thing with him is you looked at the completion percentage, especially that last year at Florida at 53.8%. That's what concerns you. You thought that was going to translate over to the league. You thought he was going to be a 50% passing. Yes, he's at 59.5, but that's rounding it up. Come on now, you guys were in math class. That takes it up to 60%. That was the key for me was could he get to be a 60% passing and NFL. And if he can do that with the athleticism that he has, but there were different signs that showed you that this guy had what it took because he wasn't just a quarterback that was just going to show up and play off a natural talent like Michael Vick did for so many years. You saw the stories about Richardson, how he studied, how how personally he took failures at the University of Florida, especially like the Kentucky game and and he just took it really to heart and he cares a lot about being a really good player and you're seeing that translate to the NFL also combined with the league you know, bringing over these college offenses for these guys to run, doing things that are familiar to these young men. And I think, quite frankly, him playing with better skill talent in the NFL yeah. than what he had at Florida. Like, And people tried to tell us that as well when you were looking at draft breakdown. They would say, hey, these Florida receivers aren't what you would typically expect from the University of Florida. And that also played into why his numbers coming out of college looked how they look as well. He had to kind of put that offense on his back last season. And so I think now with the league, and yeah, granted, the Colts, Pittman's a pretty good receiver. Josh Downs looks like he's going to be a, a fairly decent Close receiver. Close to 100 yards. Yeah. yeah, so uh, he, he's got better talent around him. So I think all of that is encompassing itself and making Richardson turn into the prospect that a lot of people felt like that he could if he hit his potential. And it looks like he's getting there, just got to stay healthy. Let's hear from the people before we move on to the campus corner. Casey Steve wrote in, healthy QB with IQ and upside rather than the big QB with upside, but questions on injuries. That would be pretty frustrating if you liked your quarterback, but he was always injured. Yes. And you could never see him healthy. That would be pretty damn frustrating. 
AJ writing in, it's not Bryce's size, he just sucks. Well, yeah, I think the uh, jury is out on that for sure. Reverend Herbaceous saying, if choosing between AR and Bryce, obviously you should take Stroud. Well, that's why I didn't put Stroud in the comparison here. Right. That's why, you know, clear, <laughs> clearly you would. And, and, and yeah, and, and real quick, I don't want to hear from everybody all this hindsight 2020. Now you knew Stroud was going to do this and you knew Richardson. You didn't know that because when we were going through the draft stuff, you guys were hating on Stroud, saying what he couldn't do. There were some, too. but I it think, was some, but, but there was a you, lot of people part. that were pulling up negative stuff and, oh, he's not going to be this. And not gonna be that and now you're like oh see i told you now 704 ar ceiling is higher than bryce to me ray to rib bryce young played some good football yesterday bryce is on the move up i'm guessing up he said bryce is on the move uh one game guy said if you could go back in time are you still taking bryce over cj stroud yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. It's only f- it, it's it's no hindsight. Come it on. doesn't look great. No, it doesn't look great though. Yeah. Like compared with what Stroud is doing, he's doing an excellent job. He is, and it's tough to see that, no doubt about it. All right, let's go to the college football ranks. Coming up next, it's the campus corner, a staple segment. We'll talk about the biggest winner of the weekend, the biggest loser. We had some interesting games take place in the Atlantic Coast Conference. We'll talk about it coming up on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.